Hi, everybody. This is Kathy. And this is Todd. And welcome to our new show called Conversations with People We Love. Um, we're going to be speaking with authors, friends, philanthropists, you name it. It's basically people who are out there making the world a better place. Yes, these people inspire us and we think they'll inspire you. And this program is brought to you by BU, Raising Whole and Courageous Kids. These aren't just workshops, it's a movement. Enjoy the show. Alright, here we go. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back, Zen Parenting Radio. We have a special show plan, don't we, sweetie? We do. Um, we're going to be talking about bullying probably, what, for the fifth time on the show? Probably. And this is a special, special show, right? Isn't this the... This is an especially special show. <laughs> because it's the People We Love show. Oh, yeah. This is our uh, Friday or Thursday, we don't know when it's going to come out, Conversations with People We Love. So yep. we have a guest here, and I'm going to introduce him in a second. But okay. first... You and I watched the documentary Bully last night. Yes. And that is going to be the main focus. We actually watched it at our guest's suggestion. Correct. So that's... Well, and the fact that we run a podcast, and this, I think this came out in 2011, and we just finally got around to watching well, it. And, and interestingly enough, we talked about this movie on the show, because we talked about because Ellen DeGeneres was really pushing it, and we talked about how they were going to make it rated R, but The Hunger Games was going to be PG. Right. And how, can you believe that? Totally messed Like, up. you know, they were going to make... They wanted it to be R because there was some language. But anyway. Okay, so just to tease everybody... Um, I, we should probably set it up, but let's uh, introduce our guest, Mark Schultz, who is a friend of ours and a former bully. Yeah. How do you feel about that title, Mark? Hey, it comes with the territory, I guess. <laughs> and I should say that we have all been bullies. Right. But Mark is a dear friend, and he has an insight um, that I don't have, and I think that maybe some of our audience we'll be able to get something out of his, um, you know, his experiences growing up. Well, and I think what's interesting is, is part of the reason I love having Mark on the show is because he's now a stay-at-home dad. He has four children. He is so hands-on and so self-aware and conscious of what he's doing with his kids and with his own life and in his marriage. And he's a teddy bear. Yeah, he's, a, he's just the nicest <laughs> he's guy. He's one of the nicest guys. And I, if we would have crossed paths 30 years ago, he probably would have beaten me up. But that's what's interesting is when we get together, he'll tell us these stories about what he used to do. And we're like, really? Right. So anyway, Um, I just want to say that up front so people aren't like, what a jerk. Because he's not a jerk. No, he at once, none of these kids are jerks. And we're going to talk about this. There's probably a reason. And you should talk about this, Mark. Let's just dive right into it. Were you a bully growing up? Yes. Why? Uh, It gave me power. Okay. Um, so and it does, gave me attention. Does that mean that you didn't have power in other places of your life? No, I didn't. Uh, I was at home. Okay. I'd be in the middle child, and of course, like that. But um, my mom worked two jobs, so she was never home. Okay. And um, it just, I think it became more satisf- satisfied to my dad, mm-hmm. who um, taught me. They used to hit me until I stopped crying. Instead of so his so to be clear his form of punishment is he would hit you until you stopped crying correct okay and um, even with my cousins and everybody else um, if someone they they would just come out and say oh Mark can beat you up and so it became of a thing of where I beat someone up and everybody was happy right yeah so, that became your way of being that's it, yeah it, it, it came of that's yeah that's who I am you know if You're, I beat someone up everybody was proud of me right. So if I brought home Fs like I did, mm-hmm. you know, they used to have big Fs. Right. Mm-hmm. No, one, no one really cared. Right. Report card was just a report card. I didn't get in trouble for it. I didn't get anything for it. Right. If I beat someone up, people were happy. But then my mom would get mad at me. But 
But your mom was, was working two, two, two jobs, <laughs> right. so there wasn't a whole lot she right. could be doing. That's interesting. Well, and I totally, because you know what? When kids are, and I don't care, well, how old were you when do you think it started? Like where you have a memory of I'm bullying people. Like how young were you? Um, Say seven. Seven. It's around, you know, around that age, and it can be, you know, we have we talk to parents now who feel like there's bullying in kindergarten. Around that age, you start to want to have an identity. You know, you want people to know you for something, and I don't think that ever goes away. I think we always want to have some kind of identity. But so when you find, like you said, that people are looking at you, and even though they may be afraid of you, did you think people were afraid of you? Yes. Okay. So it, like you said, it gave you power. Yeah. That's who you were. And... Did you have any um, friends that you think spent time with you because they were afraid of you, like that you gave them? Oh, yeah. I gave them what you call um, protection. Yeah. See, it sounds like very gangish, like, you know, or like mafia-ish. Like you like provided protection to other kids because you could beat most of the kids up. Yeah, and they didn't want to get beat up. Right. So they want to stay close to you. They want to stay close to me and friends, even though they weren't friends. They probably didn't even like me, but... Because of what I was doing, they knew if they were with me and I took them as a friend, right? That they was were never, safe. I was never safe, right? And I would, uh, I would actually, I would beat people up just to call me names. It came to that bad. I, I put people in hospitals. Mm. I mean, it was bad. Mm. That's heavy, man. And uh, it, it came, um, like my mom, like when she found she found all this stuff out. You know, she would give me lectures, right? Lectures don't do any. They didn't do anything, right? For bully, the lectures just comes one ear out the other. So what can they, what can, let's say uh, my daughter's a bully. What can, uh, this goes to Kathy or Mark, what can, if a lecture is not, what else, what else are you going to do if you're not going to lecture or talk to them? Well, I want to defer to Mark because what changed? Um, I think it changed somewhere around uh, 11 yeah. and uh, I actually saw a kid get really, really hurt mm. Mm. and it kind of hit me at home. Mm. And then at that same time, at that point in my life, there was a teacher who actually took me like sat me down and after class and just showed me some kind of nurturing mm-hmm. Ugh, some compassion so cool. something like she she didn't she didn't lecture me on what I was doing wrong right she lectured to me on what was I doing right mm. and where I want to go with my life and everything else and she you know I'm going to get deep about that the language that I use that is she saw you she's like it's not about all this stuff that you're doing it's about you have a lot of potential and I can see it and so I am going to like you said, nurture you or support you or let you know that I've got your back in some way. Yeah, she had me back and she she challenged me. She goes, I, I remember her sitting down and telling me, like, everybody knows you can fight. Everybody knows you can beat everybody up. What else can you do? Mm, that's great. So good. What's that teacher's name? Uh, that's Miss uh, Lucas. We got to look her up, man. That's, uh, I sang that's some, so cool. Yeah. No wonder you love Mrs. Lucas. <laughs> we have another Mrs. Lucas at our school. But, yeah. Um, yeah, she was. Uh, that would be a cool she, story she, if you have, if, like, I mean. I was, I've searched for her on the uh, internet and stuff like that, but I can't find her. How Was she old back then? Yeah. Okay, so she may have come and gone. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Lucas. Yeah, thank you. Because that's a thing. Like, I, this is not necessarily a bullying situation, but a situation of how you can shift a kid. I don't know if, Todd, if you have a teacher story, but I also had a teacher who in high school, I didn't think I was smart because Mm -hmm. I didn't do very well on tests. And so, you know, he actually sat me down and said, actually, you're completely off. Look at this work you've done. Look at the things you've done. You are bright, maybe not in this way, but I can see where you are bright. And I just want you to know that. And of course, I got an A 
And, you know, of course, like in his class, then I gave my 110 percent. And so it's not the same thing exactly. But my point is, is that when you see kids and when you see that they all have potential, it's not going to show up in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like every kid's different. Well, what's interesting is your mom who loved you and whom you loved really didn't have much control over your ability uh, to choose uh, to bully or not to bully. Yet it was this teacher who you kind of barely knew who was this significant figure in your life that kind of catapulted you into um, a different direction. So um, as much as we parents think we have control, if there's any teachers out there or school administrators that we, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there to change somebody's life. And they probably already know that, but just hear that story is pretty, pretty amazing. Or family friends or right. aunts not or cousins. Par- because, you know, you probably tuned out. Your mom yelled at you a few times and maybe you heard her a little bit the first few times, but then you probably just tuned her out, right? Yeah. It's, it's, she had a deal with, um, she just got divorced, just mm-hmm. had a newborn as my brother, five years younger than me. And so she's on her own working, trying to provide for us and thinking that, you know, my sister who's three years older than me, I'm mm-hmm. not really going to listen to her. Right. You know. She's working. She thinks we're safe, which which we were. We were very safe, but she was she's um, not there to mentor. She was trying to put uh, food on the table. Food on the table. Yeah, there's levels of survival. Right. You know, when you're divorced and when you are a single parent and you have to bring home money and you have to have health insurance and you have to, you you know, there's you can only be around literally time-wise so much. Right. And that's why I, ho- I love the whole concept, even though it gets thrown around too cliche, of it takes a village. Because we need more mm-hmm. than just, you know, we become so isolated in our homes or in our communities where we kind of forget that other people can impact our children right. also. And that if we can open up to loving and good people, that those people can have an impact on our children as well. So I want to play a clip, yeah. but I want you to set it up. <laughs> okay. And there's a few of them that are good. Um, Let's let's go to Alex first. Alex is one of the people in the movie. Okay, which part are you? This gonna... is Alex and his mom. Okay, and his you set it up. His mom. This what they're at the table. Well, I think what happened at this point in the movie is that Alex is being bullied so severely that the people who are making the documentary actually show the footage to the parents and the school officials, and because the mom didn't know how bad it was, they would kind of ask Alex when he came home. Or, you know, or how was the bus ride? And he'd say, I don't know. And they'd say, okay. You know, they, they didn't really – and again, I'm not blaming them. They mm-hmm. just didn't have an in. Mm-hmm. They didn't really know what was going on. And so this scene is when they do know what's going on and, you know, the mom is aware that he's been pretty significantly bullied and this is her response. Do you understand that at some point you've gotten used to this? And I'm not. I'm not used to it because I didn't know and I'm not about to get used to it. Does it make you feel good when they punch you? Or kick you? Or stab you? Do these things make you feel good? No. Well, I don't know. I'm starting to think I don't feel anything anymore. Friends are supposed to make you feel good. That's the point of having them. Your only connection to these kids is that they like to pound on you. If you say these people are my friends, then what friends do I have? Wow. So I have a few things I want to say, but deferring to Mark again, because he and I were talking this morning about this. Was Alex's story the one that hit you the hardest? Because Mark was, I think, a little more affected by this just because of his previous, we were all affected in different ways, but because of your experience of being a kid, like was Alex the one that you like probably would have bullied the most if you were? 
I would have bullied him the most, not the most. Would or would I would not have bullied. Have. I would have bullied him if I, because he looked younger. different and he spoke differently and whatever. Because he was weak. Yeah, because he would have not hit back too. Right. Yeah, is it easy? Right. And He's an easy target. Very easy. Um, the other ones in the movie, not so much. Okay. Yeah, like there, there, because there were some extreme situations. One girl who um, was actually in a juvenile detention because she brought a gun because she had been bullied so significantly for so long. One girl who had come out as a lesbian in a small town who right. everyone they were so ignorant about you know uh, being gay mm-hmm. that they just completely disasso- they disconnected from her. Well, and, the thing with the thing with Alex is um, why he would have been easy is you know that people when they're that distant. Mm-hmm. They don't tell anybody. Mm. So even if I bullied so you, so and I would get power right. from that and other people would be around me, he wouldn't go tell the principal. He wouldn't go tell his parents. No repercussion. I, no, no repercussion at all. Mm. That is so interesting. And that's why you pick on the weakling, right? And he... Exactly. Why you pick and and it's and we don't have this clip, but he did go say things to people, but in a way that he because they actually say at the beginning he doesn't know how to communicate what he's feeling, and he did have some I don't know what his special needs are, but he was very premature yeah. as a child and maybe had some delays. Uh, yeah. He could he could go on and have a beautiful life. I'm not saying he's, but there's a sense of that he didn't know how to communicate mm-hmm. it very well, and that when he did tell people things, they didn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. With that's the other thing with um, in my experience, like there's there's been people who've come back and told their parents and I get in trouble yeah. or it, it's also the teachers and everything else. They won't take him seriously for yeah. the way he is. They'll take him as weak, too. Mm. Yeah. So you have to remember that it's not just telling somebody it's it's them taking him seriously. Yeah. Because they will blow it off saying, OK, we'll write it down. We'll tell somebody this and they'll forget about it because. Right. They think They'll say Alex. everybody picks on this kid. It's Alex. Right. Every, they think it's a norm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing that I got out of watching this movie, and by the way, this movie is now on Netflix, which most, I mean, may not most, a lot of us have. Um, so, you know, our excuse for not watching this very important documentary is going by the wayside. So I encourage everybody to watch this. Um, is the sense of helplessness. Like, you know, before I saw the movie, I'm like, well, you know, maybe those parents just didn't go through the proper channels. And the whole documentary is about how they're going through the proper channels. And nobody's doing and anything. And nobody's doing anything. There's part where you, there's a filmmaker on a bus and these kids are still beating this kid up on the bus. Can you imagine what's happening when there's no filmmaker on the bus? One of my favorite scenes is where Alex's mom, she she gets this understanding. And you understand that the school officials saw this this footage too of him being beat up so she goes in to talk to the school officials and she says because they're basically like we're trying we can't do anything about it and I think she actually said I've ridden that bus and they're just golden yeah and we're like what her head's in the cloud and so but the mom finally says when I was a kid if you stood up on the bus there would be an adult who would say sit down we had to be quiet mm-hmm. we had to be contained she goes why are adults not doing anything exactly. kids are moving from seat to seat they're hitting each other they're strangling each other they're yelling names and nobody's doing anything mm-hmm. so that's you know i'm sitting there thinking okay the bus driver's driving she can't get up and go back but then i think to myself maybe we could have another adult on that bus but that costs money mm-hmm. and there's no money in education because we have no respect for what teachers are doing right and i'm saying that in a societal way right. not in a 
way that I believe, right. but societally we just think, oh, education, that's where we cut our funds. Well, and like I'm trying to be logical and practical and how could, you know, specifically about this bus example, maybe the bus driver pulls over until everybody sits down. But what's going to happen is these kids are going to keep getting up and the bus is going to be late for school that's and then right. teachers are going to be like, it's a no win situation. It's a, it's a cycle. Yeah. You know, and you can't get out of it unless something significant changes. I know. Well, um, I have a different theory. Let's yes, hear it. <laughs> let's hear it. This is why it's we, this is good. The bus driver could pull over and sit everybody down. Right. Say that kid does have keeps acting up. Yeah. So shouldn't that kid be the one taking off the bus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The bus driver should report the kid to the mothers they know. Mm-hmm. So that kid gets taken off the bus. Those parents now have to find another way for that kid. Totally. Because they have to take responsibility for their kid for being a bully. That kid, that's the kid that shouldn't be on the bus. Agreed. They yeah. shouldn't be moving the other people around the other buses. That's just going to cause more on another bus. Yeah. And that's what they did. They did that. Um, they were going to move Alex They removed to Alex bus. off of that bus as if he's the problem. Exactly. You know what, Mark? You are a thousand percent right. And I almost, you know, that's the thing is we don't want to mess with the people who are causing the problem. And don't you think, okay, I'm going to go really deep about this because this is, I was talking about this with my college class this morning. A lot of parents, a lot of school officials have their own issues with bullying where they even feel uncomfortable, maybe because they were bullied as a child, maybe because they realize that diving into that situation is going to cost a lot of time and you know it's it's emotional Mm -hmm. and they're so shut down from what's happening that they just want to put a band-aid on it they have no desire to go in and when i say no desire i'm sure everybody would like it to be fixed but they're unwilling they they don't want to do the work exactly they don't want to do the work because that's what it felt like watching this and i you know personal experience with some schools you know there's a lot of you know let's just kind of put a band-aid on it for now and see what happens Mm -hmm. All right. You want to play this other clip? Yeah. Do you want to set it up? Is this the administrator woman? This is the administrator when she's trying to make them uh, shake hands. So do you want me to set it up first? Yeah, or? please. So this is a vice principal of a school and the poor woman. I wonder if she still has her job after this. Maybe she does. Um, but she basically is, you kind of see, they kind of build her up where they, they show that she has some difficulty dealing with bullying in the school. She and she actually says, I don't know what to do. Mm. I don't have a magic bullet. Mm. You know, she says that several times. And then an ex- she's watching some kids come in from recess and one kid is obviously getting hurt or bullied or pushed by this kid. And then she says, wait a second, you two come here and shake hands, which, mm. you know, you'll get to. But just the way she handles it kind of shows you exactly what I'm saying, how detached we are from what's really happening. So in the clip, Cole is the one being bullied because she uses his name. So just so you can kind of follow it. So um, I'll, I'll try to guide you in. And then I don't know what the other kid's name is, but Cole is the one being bullied. I'm going to ask you guys to shake hands. Can you do that? Yeah. Shake hands. Cole. Cole's not shaking hands. Cole? What? You are not going anywhere. He is offering his hand. The bully And let this drop. So they shake hands. You may go. Cole, I expected more. He was trying to say he was sorry. He already did and he didn't mean it. We had to continue on. You didn't mean it when you stuck out your hand out either. You're just like him. Like someone who pushes you into a wall, threatens to break your arm, threatens to stab you and kill okay. you. He, ap- you he, ap- he apologized. And have you reported all that sort of stuff? Yes. I think you guys right. might be really good friends at some time. We were. And they started bullying me. Mm. 
So powerful. So you're shaking your head, Mark. So what are your thoughts when you listen to that? What, what's going through your head? Nothing as a bully. I'm shaking his, he took his hand out so he could get go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. The kid Chuck took his hand out and then he got off clean. Right. And Cole's the one getting lectured. Exactly. What is What the F is going on with I know. these? I can tell you as a bully, uh, when he put out his hand, it's, it's more of a, I see you next time when there's someone out around. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just going to let this go because I'm going to get in trouble. And, and I'm going to, she's going to, want, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was probably the most painful scene. Yeah. There are so many painful scenes. But for, for me, it was painful because the adult was blaming mm-hmm. the child. And the, in a, the, the lack of awareness about what's really happening there. So someone would probably say to me, okay, Kathy, well, how would you, how would you handle it? Mm-hmm. Obviously, like we were just talking about, let's focus on who, like maybe they both need to sit down. Maybe we actually need to take some time. I'm not saying that Cole can just go free either. Like maybe there needs to be a discussion. But my big question for children who are bullying or the thing we really need to get down to is what's happening to you that makes you think that this is okay? What are you carrying? What anger or frustration are you carrying that you are willing to put that on another person? Because sometimes we just looked at we look at it as an act like oh they hit that person and let's just tell them to not hit and they won't do it it's so much deeper than that and that's why I like you sharing the story is again it's not the same for everybody but you obviously like you said what you were feeling before you would go to school and bully is that there wasn't a lot of people watching um you I don't I don't want to tell I want to I don't want to speak for you what were you feeling I was I didn't I didn't like school to begin with yeah okay and it was just for me a way to get through the day. Mm. It was a way for me. The teachers would leave me alone. Everybody would leave me alone. There would. Uh, my so great, were teachers afraid of you? Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Okay. I had parents afraid of me. Mm-hmm. It, it was came to a point where, like, my grades didn't. They just passed me through. Yeah. I would F's and everything else. By seventh grade, I had to be put in a special program to learn more about how to read and everything else because they didn't bother. There was nobody, you know, showing me anything. Right. They're too busy being afraid of you. Being afraid of me or thinking I don't care. Or you don't matter. Right. Don't matter. Don't matter. You know. So so my my point is, yeah, bullies, bullies are bad. But a bully is also another person being bullied some other way. Exactly. Emotional, physical, or something else. Mm -hmm. There's something going on with that person that they're not getting. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. And being a bully myself, like you said, I have four kids. My oldest son was bullied mm-hmm. in seventh grade. And I had to somehow react to that on how he should handle it. Because mm-hmm. I was never bullied. Right. I was being the bully. Right. And my first instinct was, it is rushed all back. Well, you got to stick up for yourself. You mm-hmm. have to go back. No, wait, 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 wait. Tell somebody first. If it keeps happening, stay away from them. Mm-hmm. If it keeps happening then, then we'll come in and we'll talk to the parents. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to – and sooner or later, he, he finally said, just leave me alone. And other people around him finally stuck up for him, oh, like his friends, like three or four people. And he never got bullied by that person again because there was other people that stood up for him. Well, and that's the question that I just wrote down to myself because you see all these all this footage on these buses and there's three different types of people on that bus. There's the bullies, there's the people being bullied, and then there's the bystanders who are just standing around watching. And I'm sure that the bystanders, you know, what if our girls were on that bus? Would they be courageous enough 
and stick their neck out enough to get in front of these big dudes? No way. There's ways. I, I, I was just telling Mark this this morning. The reason that that movie hit me so hard, again, many different levels, but I may not have been the person who was kicking someone, but I was watching. Okay. I had people that I knew, people that I was close to who were doing that and I wasn't doing anything. It's difficult because no, it would be difficult, you know, like, cause one of the big uh, bullies on that bus was a kid in high school. Mm-hmm. You remember? Cause I think this is a junior high and there's mm-hmm. a kid in high school. So no, I wouldn't expect my daughter to go stand there and say, don't do that. But what I, there are different avenues to have, to be a friend to the person who is being bullied, to be someone who supports them and say, I see you, I see, and again, kids don't use that language, but to say, you know, to sit by them or to smile at them in the hall. Like one girl in my class this morning said to me, I was bullied all of junior high. She goes, and then my friend Bree became my friend and Mm -hmm. said, those guys are jerks. You know, you don't need to deal with that. And she goes, because she had my back, Mm -hmm. I was able to say no enough. Mm -hmm. So once you have someone who kind of grounds you, who believes in you, then you can say no, like you just said about, you know, your son, you know, like once he had a group, it's like he had support. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, What I was going to say is you can uh, do that exactly what you said. And I think that's probably the most effective way of doing it because we can't, most of the bullies are big and strong. Right. I mean, and we're not even getting to the cyber bullying. That's a topic for another show. But the actual physical bullying, most of them are big and strong. So some medium-sized kid or any girl is probably not going to intervene in that. So what you said is extremely important. You see the bullying... Just make sure that you you befriend the people getting bullied so they don't feel alone. Because in this documentary, if Alex had any friends, they sure didn't show them. No. And maybe didn't. that was, maybe they cut those out. Maybe Alex had a few buddies. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing is there's got to be some type of anonymous way at school to report something like this. Because I, as an 11-year-old kid, it would be very challenging to report something and then deal with the ramifications of being the the scapegoat or or the tattletale, right. and I just I don't even know if that exists at schools or not. Well, don't you think that school has, you know, regardless of what the authority figures who they are, there's like a culture where people just don't unless it gets really bad, people think they have to deal with it themselves, especially boys. Yeah, boys don't go home. Like Mark, you were by the scene. You brought up the scene about the father. Right. How 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 can a boy go home and look at his dad and say, "Everyone's kicking my butt at school." Oh yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Because you don't want your dad to perceive you as a weakling. Yeah. So you just keep it all in, and like you know, when Alex said, he's like, "I don't feel like I feel anything anymore." Right. He numbed out, and that's that's the foundation for something tragic to happen. Like all of a sudden, he this rage turns inward, and then it explodes outward. Well, because two of the stories within this movie are children who did take their lives. Mm-hmm. So Alex had some kind of maybe it was the stability of his family. He had, um, you know, he, he had parents who cared, just like you did. They cared, <laughs> but they just didn't. It just didn't, you know, he, he wasn't feeling heard or seen. He had siblings. He had animals. Like, he had some love in his life, mm-hmm. but it what they weren't helping, mm-hmm. you know? It's, like, if you watch in Alex's home, like, his sister even say, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble because of the way you are. Right. Yeah. I mean. She got bullied he, he, because of the way Alex was. Right. And how do I say this? Um, he. That's not showing any. Caring. That's not caring. You know what I mean? It's, you're right. It, it's to make the kid feel oh. that you're doing everything wrong. Yeah, you're, you're something's wrong with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that everybody else. You need to change the way you are. Yeah. 
This is not about behavior. This right. is you. Who you are, the essence of who you are. And Alex and can't I, change who he is. I don't think in that whole movie, as it struck me, I don't think I've seen anybody give him a hug. Totally. I don't think I've seen anybody take him out anywhere. Just one-on-one, just to show him that they care. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to get through this and mm-hmm. things are going to change. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. And, and maybe they cut that out because it's less effective of a story to tell. Um, or maybe they just simply didn't do it. Having said that, that mom did come around. Well, she kind of gave the dad an earful yeah. and said not in that a mean weak, way. That weak dad in that school meeting with that crazy assistant principal lady, <laughs> that dad didn't say a word. Now, maybe no. he did and they cut it out, but nothing bothers me more than seeing a weak man not being able to defend somebody who he helped bring into this world. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just messed up. So what's that dad feeling? Uh, what is he feeling? I can't tell you what that dad feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I never got to that point. Yeah, thank God. I can tell you, on the other hand, when I got in trouble at school and I got in trouble for beating someone up and my dad had to pick me up, even though they were divorced, my mom, because she worked, I didn't get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I got a nice pat on the back, good job, you can protect yourself or whatever. and mm-hmm. Protect yourself. Yeah, he, he, you know, they think of it as me growing in a way. Uh. Like the boys will be boys mentality. Oh yeah. It was like my family would hit each other just for fun. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, I, if I got hit and I cried, I in trouble. And by age 10, I was playing tackle football with these big grown men. Mm -hmm. And if I come out hurt, they put me right back in and say, no, you can't come out hurt. You have to play. So you basically were getting it because we talk about this on the show all the time about boys and men and how they're unable to feel their emotions. You didn't just experience that in a kind of way. You experienced that in a literal, yes. if you show emotion, then we're going to keep beating on you. Oh, yes. So what is your emotional ability right now? Do you feel like that you, that's a loaded question. Have you come full circle? I think I have. No, you haven't. I think I have. You got a long way to go, dude. <laughs> I think I have. You are an amazing man, but we can all get better and get well, more. Well, I touch. get better as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. I always, my life now is for my kids. It's not, yeah. you know, I, I live for me, of course, but mm. uh, to show them the good way to live their life. Mm. You know, don't be afraid of things. Don't be afraid to speak out in class mm. or afraid to speak to anybody. Mm. Always look someone directly in the eye mm. and say things. And if, you can go do anything you want. Yeah, trust who you are. Um, so, um, Kathy, what age, because if there's parents listening and maybe they have an 8-year-old or 12-year-old, what age do you think, generally speaking, is appropriate to sit down with your kids and watch this movie? You know, we were debating about JC. She's in fifth grade, and I think she could do it. I think middle school, definitely, because I think this is real in middle school. These kids are in middle school, so it's it's idiotic of us to think they don't see these things. Mm. So I think middle school for sure. I think anything less than fifth grade, like we were talking about our third grader, and I think it would be too disturbing to her. Yeah. Um, and again, that's our experience. And like Cameron, I, I, she's going to be disturbed if she w- sees this in high school. Yeah. Like she feels more She than carries other people's she, Yeah. So, I mean, you have to use your own discretion. Yeah. But around, I think, middle school, and again, if you re- if you guys remember when this movie came out, um, they were trying to give it a, an R rating and there was a big fight to get the R rating off of it so kids could see it. Mm-hmm. Because what's the point of having a documentary about bullying if kids can't see it right. and and connect with it? And so is it to R it? or PG-13? It's PG-13, okay. I think. They do drop an F-bomb in there in the beginning. They do, but big deal. Hunger yeah. Games, they kill a bunch of kids. I know. Kids killing kids. Kids killing kids. But, you know, that's okay. But let's not drop an F-bomb. Um, but what I will say, what's 
important about the documentary is at the end, they actually, because there's these families who, who lose their children, who commit, you know, their children yes. commit suicide. And they actually come together and create uh, something about silence. Um, uh, stand for the silent. Stand, uh, stand for the silent. Oh. And what I loved, and I don't know if you guys caught this, they, they made it pretty obvious, but the man who lost his son, he kept saying, if a politician's kid would have done this, it would have been a big deal, but we're nobody. Mm-hmm. We're nobody. And then did you see the bracelets? They said, I am somebody. Mm-hmm. It's like he had a switch yeah. where he's like, wait a second, I have a voice yeah. and my son has a voice. Yeah. And so he did something about it. He did something. And so the, the end of the movie is very hopeful in mm-hmm. that it only takes one. Yeah. Uh, you know, just this conversation with Mark, you know, that, you know, if you can hear it and relate to it in some way, or you see some of this in your own child, or you're experiencing an, your own disconnection to, if you make a shift, that creates a domino effect. If your child makes a shift, that's what we're trying to do with BU is, mm. is help girls and boys. If they show <laughs> if up. If they show up. Um, with give them other tools, open their heart a little bit, see what's happening, connect to what you're, what you're experiencing and what you're putting in the world. And, um, you know, we can all do something. Um, we gotta go. Okay. You can, you thank Mark for being here. Mark Schultz, you're, you're an awesome dude, man. You are, you are an inspiration to us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. This is Todd Adams saying adios. This is Kathy Adams. Have a good week. Mm